time any of them had seen a girl ride a bike. What they maybe didn't realize was that they had just witnessed the first time any woman had mountain biked in Afghanistan. I didn't go to Afghanistan planning to ride a mountain bike. Does anyone travel to a war zone and say to themselves, I wish I had remembered to pack my mountain bike helmet and lycra. This would be an awesome place to ride. No, they probably don't. But on my fourth trip in 2009, I decided to bring my Tangerine Niner 29er single speed and challenge the gender barrier that prevents women from riding bikes. Afghanistan is one of the few countries in the world that doesn't allow its women or girls to ride. But I'm not Afghan. Standing tall at five foot nine with long blonde hair, I am clearly not a local. While many back home assume being so obviously a foreigner is an inherent risk, it has become my biggest asset. A foreign woman here is a hybrid gender, an honorary man, a status that often allows me a unique insight into a complicated region. Afghan men recognize me as a woman, but as a foreign woman. I am often treated as a man would be. I sit with the men, eat with the men, dip snuff with the men. I have fished with them. They have let me ride Buzkashi horses. All while their women are often shut away in the family home, not to be seen or heard. I'm in a fascinating position, being able to speak freely with the men who make the decisions, while having full access to the women because, despite my honorary male status, I am a woman. It allows me a unique insight into both sides of the gender equation, which often have extremely divergent perspectives. I have discussed this with other foreign women I know who live and work in Afghanistan and Pakistan, journalists, photographers, writers, and aid workers, and they all have this same experience. They are most often met with curiosity and a willingness to talk as equals. Unfortunately, too often they are also faced with overly flirtatious Afghan men. More than once I have been groped in close quarters by a man who thought he could get away with it because I'm American. The assumption that American women are promiscuous is an unfortunate and deep-seated stereotype that has preceded me in many countries throughout the Middle East and Central Asia. It has led to more than one unwanted advancement and the occasional marriage proposal. Thanks to globalization, the only consistent exposure many cultures have to American women is through movies, television, and music videos. Do we realize that our gender is judged on the standards of rap videos, Miley Cyrus, and the Kardashians? Shema, a friend I met on my first visit, illustrated the gender issue succinctly. Shema was an American from Boulder, Colorado, and was half Afghan and half Costa Rican. She was in the country for several months to work with an Afghan nonprofit. Because she looked Afghan, she often encountered men who wouldn't speak to her. She would be at a meeting discussing next steps with the program they were working on, a program she was in charge of, and Afghan men often wouldn't shake her hand or speak to her directly. They would speak to her male colleagues as if she were invisible. Over time, I began to embrace the access that my honorary male status allowed. I was frustrated by the double standard, but I soon recognized the opportunity to challenge the gender barriers as a foreign woman in ways that might not have been tolerated if I were an Afghan woman. My theory was that beyond illustrating what a woman was capable of to Afghans, I would also be able to experience Afghanistan in a way few others had before me. By sharing my experiences and stories back home, perhaps I could challenge perceptions in both countries. 
So it was on October 3, 2009, that I first put the rubber side down on a dry riverbed in the Panjshir Valley. It was part of the small but strategic Panjshir province, its mountains so steep that they'd kept the Taliban out, one of the few areas able to do so. Travis, Hamid, Shah Mohammed, and I were driving through the province on the main road that followed the Panjshir River. Our driver, Shah Mohammed, was a sweet man I'd met on my first visit. Short and stout, he had a solemn face framed by a neatly trimmed beard and an ever-present embroidered white takiya prayer cap. We had seen some goat trails and a truck path on the other side of the river, so we were keeping our eyes peeled for a bridge large enough for our car. When we spotted one that seemed safe enough, Shah Mohammed drove through a small village and over the water. He opened the hatchback of the white Toyota Corolla so we could unload our gear. Travis Beard and I had also met on my first visit a year prior. He'd become a tra-